Welcome, baseball fans. It is time once again for the Running the Bases podcast. I'm Tucker Wells, joined as always by Coach Jordan Bounds. Coach, how are you good, sir? Trying to stay warm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It is rather frigid temperatures here in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, first off, though, before we get started with the show, David Bowie passed away. What, what was your reaction to losing Ziggy Stardust? Uh, I I thought it was nice, all of the tributes he got from all sorts of people. I, uh, you know, I was glad he got out his last album a couple of days before he passed. Uh, a true innovator. Yeah. Well, the rock world lost Lemmy just before that. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a sad start to the new year for the rock legends. Uh, what's your favorite David Bowie song of all time? Uh, I couldn't give you one. Yeah. Did you ever see him live? No. Really? I've seen just about everybody, but I never saw Bowie live. Wow. Do you feel as that was a gaping hole in your concert? No, no, no. no. Yeah. For me, Under Pressure. Under Pressure is still one of my top five favorite songs of all time. So, well, all right. Well, let's get to baseball here. So, the Hall of Fame results from last week, Ken Griffey Jr. and Mike Piazza headed to the Hall of Fame. Uh, your reaction to the uh, the two new Hall of Famers? Well, I believe they are the two that I said would go in. They are indeed. Uh I had added Not, a couple on top of it, but uh, I. It'll be interesting to see the repercussions of Piazza's entry if that is going to alter the way uh, suspected PED users are, you know, as they come forward. Griffey had the highest vote ever, as was expected, because the Hall of Fame trimmed its membership or trimmed it, the voting uh, ranks by about a hundred or so. Uh, I, I, I'm, you know, good for them. Good for baseball. Yeah. Well, starting with Griffey, um, because he, I mean, 99.3%, uh, only three people did not vote for him who had a vote. So does this now mean that Jeter's a lock to get a hundred? No, I, I, no, he's not a lock to be a lock. No, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. No. Well, I don't know of anybody that is anywhere close to retirement or who has retired that is going to get a larger vote than Griffey. Really? Not Now, the case would only be, I think, for Jeter to get 99 or above. But why won't Jeter get 100%? You know, he does play for a certain team that I, I is in a certain I, area of the country. I understand that, but there will be people that are against him just as there are people that are for him. Yeah, and you think that Griffey just had the love across the board like no other player is going to have for a long time? I think so. Okay. I think he was that good in his prime. What what yeah? What are your your main thoughts of when you were watching King Griffey play? What's the thing that stands out the most? Oh, uh, sadness that he just fell apart when he came to Cincinnati. You know that he broke down, and because he was he saved baseball in Seattle, uh, and he was so excited, so so much fun to watch. There was so much energy. One of one of the true joys in. Uh, my baseball viewing past and uh but then he broke down when he came to Cincinnati he was still a good ball player but uh just could never stay healthy yeah do you think that he if he had been playing the majority of his career on grass instead of that awful awful astro awful astro turf that was in the kingdom that that would that would have made a big difference uh I believe so I mean we, there's so many uh you know the 
people like this, Andre Dawson and uh, Vlad, who's coming up in a couple of years. Uh, next year, actually. Oh, yeah, is it next we'll year? get to yeah. that in a second. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, so I, I, but you can't really tell. Yeah. Um, what I remember the most about watching King Griffey Jr. is that he was like <laughs> the Michael Jordan of baseball at the same time that Michael Jordan was dominating all basketball Ken Griffey was the most recognizable player amongst any of my peers at that age and I was I was in elementary school when he came on the scene would you agree with that comparison that in his in his prime he was the Michael Jordan of baseball no no (laughs) no I mean he He was, was a trendsetter he was the most recognizable face of baseball but he wasn't uh he didn't they didn't win every year in Seattle. That's you know? true. I mean, and there weren't all of uh, there was a fun lovingness to Griffey uh, that never really uh, went into uh, Michael Jordan's character. That's true. He was indeed the kid, and he was the kid because he seemed to have the joy of the kid. But as uh, I don't know if a lot of people know this. When he was up for free agency, there was a real chance he was going to have a tomahawk on his chest. Yes, there there was, but I, I don't I don't know how close they really were. I mean, he was coming to Cincinnati. You think yes. no matter what? Yeah, I mean, he gave them hometown discount. You know, I mean, yeah, he wanted to play where his father played. Now, given that the fact that he's going in with the Seattle logo on his cap, do you think that that's Correct, or yes, do you think yes, it, he's being yes. disrespectful to Cincinnati? No, no, no really. No. I think it's being a little disrespectful because, like, what Greg Maddox did to us, I, I'm now I'm now I'm scorned by this. You know, the uh, I think Griffey should have gone maybe no logo, but then again, I don't know. You, why why is this the right move? Because his greatest years were in Seattle. Yeah, and he saved Seattle baseball. It's important. Griffey is important to Seattle. He's not to Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Johnny Bench and Joe Morgan—they're important to Cincinnati, not Ken Griffey Jr. I feel you. Um, if Ken Griffey Jr. does not go to Seattle, is their baseball even in Seattle? Not, no. Yeah, and it was pretty interesting to me. I didn't realize this. He is the first number one overall pick ever to go into the Hall of Fame. Really? No, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either, but apparently so. Um, should his cap be backwards on his plaque? Oh, that would be way cool. That's the way it should be. I think so, too, and I think he definitely should do that. Uh, he says he's not going to, but hopefully he'll reconsider that. Um, obviously, Griffey, deserving of the Hall of Fame, d- deserving of the 99.3%, but Piazza jumps all the way up to 88%, so now the great debate. Does this mean that next year Bagwell's in? Oh, I think Bagwell does get in next year. Yeah. And what does this mean for the PED debate in general? Is it now over? Is it we're we're only going to go with the ones that are out and out mentioned in Mitchell reports and failed drug tests and grand jury investigations, but everyone else we're going to, it's, I don't it's think, okay now? Um, I don't think they can ha- condemn anybody on suspicion. Yeah. Does this mean that next year, in 2017, we're going to have, finally, Tim Raines and Fred McGriff? I don't know about Freddie. No? No. I mean, I I do feel like it's got to be Raines' year, and I think it's his last year of eligibility as well. I'm going to check that real quick, but I think you're right. But I don't know if Freddie's going to get the love. No? 
I, it would seem though that it might it might go up considering the fact that now Piazza is in, and if they're trying to make the Hall of Fame uh, a place where those who played the game the right way are glorified, then that's a case for McGriff. Well, sure. All right, so for next year, um, some of the uh, notables coming up for the first time, uh, Pudge Rodriguez, Manny Ramirez, um, J.D. Drew, seems appropriate to point that out for some reason, uh, Posada, um, and then, of course, uh, you have at the top of the list, Vladimir Guerrero. So of those, who is a first ballot Hall of Famer to you? Um, I'm not certain any of them are. No. Uh, I think Vlad is a Hall of Famer, but much like Fred McGriff is a Hall of Famer. Didn't expect Fred to get in on the first round. Uh, I hope he does uh, eventually get in, and the same th- same thing is true with, with Vlad. Uh, I have to be convinced more of Pudge. Part of the thing, it's really, I mean, of people where there's just suspicion on them it is tough to look beyond pudge and but really i don't know that there is anything other than suspicion and he did look like a superhuman yeah um, for a good while yeah and, and uh, i'm you know i can't but i have nothing to condemn him on other than that he's only in the suspicion category though he did play with jose canseco for a good while and and one gone yeah i mean and yeah in the center of it in Texas and he was catching 140 games a season, you know, and also it wasn't Palmero there for yes, good. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it yeah, was, there's a lot of smoke around Pudge Rodriguez and yeah. I agree. I, I, I think it's very, I look at him with a very cautious eye. Um, yeah. I think if any of them would be a first ballot, it would be Vladimir Guerrero, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think what, you know, what you look at Trevor Hoffman in his first year got 67%. And then Tim Raines got uh, sixty. He got seventy percent. It's his tenth year. It'll be Raines' tenth year in twenty seventeen. Yeah. Um, and then Bagwell got seventy two percent. So do those three go over next year because of a weakened crop of new new uh, players on the ballot? Does that mean? I think it's very possible. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hoffman will be. It'll be the most difficult because relief pitchers, there are a lot of people that just don't vote for closers like that, and it's harder to move the numbers. We've only had five relief pitchers in the Hall of Fame. And uh, so it's, and one of those is Hoyt Wilhelm, you know. Uh, yeah. So uh, one of those is arguably John Smoltz. Well, okay, well, I don't have him as one of the five yeah. relief pitchers. In the <laughs> the true Fame. relief pitchers. Right. Uh, but I do have uh, Eckersley in there. You know, he started a lot. But. Yeah. Well, you know, it'll be interesting once uh, um, once M- Mariano Rivera gets in. Maybe that'll be it'll be soon after that that Trevor Hoffman will get in because um, he'll still be eligible by the time right, right. Mo is eligible. Um, and then uh, you know, Kurt, Kurt Schilling and Mike Mussina. We debated this quite a bit. Um, do you see them ever getting higher than they got about 50% each of them this year? Is, there, is that ever going to go up? Will they ever be Hall of Famers? Uh, I think Mussina has a better chance than Schilling does. Really? Even though he's getting less he's getting less voter turnout at the moment? Yes. Okay. Because I think Schilling has more of a downside. There are people that just aren't going to vote for him. Right. Yeah, he, he can't get out of his own way in that instance. Right. All right, so... Um, and then finally, on, on this year's class, who's going to give the better speech, Griffey or Piazza? 
Hmm. Um, I think Griffey will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have uh, anything. I can uh, just out of the two personalities, Griffey seems uh, like he would give the best. Uh, you know, Piazza spent a lot of time in New York and L.A. He's been around. You know, uh, the well, his involvement cameras. with his involvement with baseball in Italy is like I, kind I know, of a big deal. But I, I still think uh, I don't think he's going to talk in Italian. You know, so. <laughs> you don't think there'll be a, a big uh, Italian contingent like Pedro had the the Dominican Republic last year. I don't think so. No, that would be fun though. That would be. It'd be really good. Do, do the With players an get to Oompa pick band and everything? Yeah. <laughs> do the players get to pick like you know like a la the Masters like what's served at the banquets and such when it's their year? Uh, what? What is it? The Oswage or whatever. I mean, the hotel that's up there. They do. They pretty much plan the whole thing. Uh, I mean, there are a bunch of events. There's this one hotel that all the Hall of Famers and their families stay at, uh, and they fix all the food and everything else. I, I I don't see the players having much input into that whatsoever. Okay, because I mean, if they do, man, all that. All that Italian food is going to be delicious. <laughs> this would be the year to go for sure. Um, all right. So kind of the bigger story was that uh, Roy Halladay made a not so subtle slight against uh, Bonds and Clemens on Twitter as the uh, the uh, results were, were coming forth. You know, it was like about the day before, I think it was. Um, and of course, Clemens fired back because such is his nature. And so now we have this little back and forth going on between Roger Clemens and Roy Halladay. First off, your thoughts on this um, this uh, confrontation? Well, if if I was Roy Halladay, I wouldn't want to have. To, I'd want to stay in the American League because I wouldn't want to hit off of Roger Clemens right now <laughs> at any time. Uh, and, well, that's not going to be a problem. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> but maybe an old timers game or something. You know. Uh, yeah. But, but how many of those are Clemens going to get invited to? He's not. The, he's a little bit of a pariah, just a little bit. But the I, Roger Clemens is somebody I don't want to comment on at all. You know, he is of no interest to me. He is a negative to me in my outlook on baseball. I, I would be. I'd be a lot happier if he was not in my memory at all. Yeah. Well. Fair enough. I mean, I don't like him much either. That's a little dramatic for what, you know, I just, I wish he uh, had gotten caught totally red-handed with this. But, I mean, with Halliday, did you admire Halliday's moxie in the very least? Because he made no qualms about it. You know, it was not subtle at all. He said, no Clemens, no Bonds at the end of his uh, 140 characters. Uh, No, good for him, you know. I think Halliday uh Halliday's going to have um uh, that may actually help his case. Right. Uh, he doesn't Good have point. uh you know a lot of the accumulative numbers that you associate with some Hall of Famers and some of his the sabermetrics things because he didn't strike people out uh he didn't miss bats, you know, and have uh that sort of thing it drives up some pitchers. This stuff. Uh, he doesn't. He's not a sabermetrics darling, either. right? Well, you know, um, if you look at his career numbers, that is, 
it mirrors one Mr. Kurt Schilling. So the question is, first off, do you think that Halliday is a Hall of Famer? Yes. Yeah, 200 wins, 203 to be exact, 105 losses, career 338 ERA, and two Cy Youngs. And he had a a five-year stretch that was great. Yeah. And then, so if he gets into the Hall of Fame, then... um, well, uh, you're already you're never voting for Schilling, and I understand no. why. So, um, no, and he may be deserving, but yeah. So, if you compare those numbers against uh, Roger Clemens, um, Halliday has his prime go from essentially twenty five, twenty six until thirty three, thirty four, and then he, you know, he breaks down and 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 you know, just kind of loses it, and then that's the end. Clemens gets to thirty three, thirty four is going at the same arc that Halliday went, and then, of course, Rockets for another eight years. Um, so, doesn't Halliday have the upper hand in this argument? <laughs> he, he has the upper hand just because he's arguing with Clemens. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, he, the, uh, the this isn't... W- no, Clemens isn't worth worth that kind of consideration. Okay, but finally, then on this on this uh, spat, do you think Halliday saw a few things there in Toronto? Maybe he's leading into. Oh, I I forgot that they pitched on the same team. Oh yes, and that was yeah. the start of the. Oh, I know. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Uh, perhaps, perhaps. I mean, he could be blowing the roof off of something, perhaps. But wouldn't that then break the uh, clubhouse code, right? Yeah, I think so. But, I mean, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I applaud him because he's got a voice that carries uh, weights right to Clemens. And so, of course, I support that. All right, so there you have it. The Hall of Fame 2016. I, too, will be looking forward to uh, King Griffey Jr.'s speech a little more than Piazza just because I'm interested in who he thanks along the way. So so now to the hot stove. Um, we got a couple of big names still out there, um, as we kind of predicted there would. So let's start with that. Um, Crash Davis uh, appears to be holding out uh, for what I don't know. What, what, what's the deal with, uh, with Chris Davis to you? And where does he end up? What's the deal? He's a Boris agent. Yeah. I mean, he's a Boris client, so that's what's up. As as are most of these people, but yeah. you still can you still hold that he goes to Boston. Right now, I, I don't see Boston uh going into the with all of the you know the pieces they've added, I don't see them going to you know uh open the season with Hanley Ramirez as their first baseman. Right, yeah, that hasn't changed, and I agree. Um, more of the surprise, though, Alex Gordon re-signs with Kansas City. You, you definitely didn't think that was happening. No, I didn't. So what uh, does this tell you about the Royals? Uh, good for them. I mean, I, I wanted Alex, Alex. I see Alex Gordon as Mr. Royal, you know? Sure. Uh, so I'm glad he did go back. Uh, I uh, I don't particularly like the Royals, Uh the uh, I think they were headhunters, and uh, there's some things I don't like about them. But uh, you know, good for them. Perhaps uh, a manager it, that goes by the name of Yost. Yeah, perhaps uh, the uh, I think the uh, Orioles now are really need to do something. <laughs> the 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 Orioles need yes, to do something. The Orioles. I mean, I thought uh, Alex Gordon might end up with the Orioles. Yeah, and plus now with you know the the with Gordon being a left fielder off the board, 
What does this do to the value of a Justin Upton? I think people are realizing, I mean, I don't, Upton has such tremendous ability, but he carries a team for a couple of weeks, but then is just is it absent. A, is it a question of motivation? No, I don't. In, in, in inner circles, does he just not care as much as I don't believe that. he could I, and or should? I I, I I don't know the man. I, I don't see it's right to make that kind of guess. <laughs> well, neither do I, but, you know, rumor mill is I rumor know. mill. You, no, you hear about the clubhouse presence of certain people, and, you know, he carries them for a couple of weeks. Then does he just not, you know, does he just check out? Does he rest on his laurels kind of a thing? It's very possible. I, no, I, I, don't, I don't see that. I don't see somebody able to do that sort of thing. He is an Upton. Yeah, I know. And there's another Upton out there who, well, we'll leave that alone. Um, Upton, he's the last big true left fielder out there. So where, just where do you see him ending up then, given that Gordon's going back to the Royals? I really don't know. I don't see him fitting in with the Orioles. I see the Orioles taking another outfielder. I think Miami is not through. I think they're going to go get, uh, what's his name, the pitcher. Um, but yeah, right now I I don't know I I don't know Miami just signed uh, Wei In Chen. That's what I meant. Yeah, I thought, yeah, that's yeah. A, that came out today. That's official. Oh, okay, I didn't realize. Yeah, that. so they have Wei In Chen, and you think they're going to add? No, that's who I thought they were going to add. Uh, yeah. No, I I, I don't. Um, they're not finished. Um, it could be that the Angels they've been burned so much. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know where Upton's going to end up. Yeah. Maybe contingent on a trade or two going right. through before before it happens. But then, the real really the big the big outfield piece that's out there is Joannis Cespedes still. And we, you've been saying this all along because he is a Boris client that it'll go to the very end. But as the days fall off the calendar, doesn't that seem more and more and more like he's going to be a Detroit Tiger? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean I, I've been saying that for some time. Yeah. And then my guy, Dexter Fowler, can't get any love. Where does Dexter Fowler end up? Why is it taking so long for him? Because he doesn't, and it's taking long for all of these guys because they cost a draft pick. Yeah. And that's why. And and this year, it may be the last time it does cost the draft pick. Sure. Uh, so, uh, you know, teams have got to think a lot about that. You we know, do. if they can sign... Um, like a Dexter Fowler, once the season has started, I think they may not lose the draft pick. Maybe, yeah, because it may apply to the next year and the collective bargaining thing. You know, I, I'm not sure how that works, but yeah, it, it's so convoluted. This whole the qualifying offer and then what draft pick gets gets uh, sacrificed and where. But um, I don't know. I just like him. I like oh, his. I, I like Fowler too. I think, um, and, and he's a Georgia guy too. Yeah, so. Um, and then, uh, you know, still a couple pieces still available in the infield there with, uh, Ian Desmond and then, uh, Kendrick, we haven't talked about Howie Kendrick much, but is he looking more attractive now that, uh, now that Murphy has signed and, um, it seems as though all the other infield pieces have fallen except for those two. Yeah. Uh, I think so. Uh, he's certainly more attractive to to me than is Desmond. The, uh, but I'm not certain where either of them are going to go. Right mm-hmm. now, I I uh, really don't have I haven't thought about it much. Really don't care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the the team that that really is, I guess, kind of won the off season, if you want to say that, is the San Francisco Giants, right? I mean, they just signed Denard Span, 
So they're kind of all in, wouldn't you say? Well, uh, I'm not willing to concede the Cubs uh, to That's the true. Giants. I mean, the Cubs have had one heck of a... I mean, they've each added three very significant pieces. The Giants, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt uh, only because they are the Giants. Um, sure. But adding Cueto and Samarjan might not be that great of an addition. Cueto, to me, looked hurt this year look it looked like something was wrong but they i assume the giants know a lot more than i do yeah well i mean the fact that he's going to fall in two or three right in that rotation in the pecking order may may be a benefit to him and and not having to carry the full weight like he Uh, did in cincinnati um and tried to do in kansas city as well uh i agree yeah but you know the giants it is an even year so yeah and span was uh interesting and a good move i think uh yeah, and definite if upgrade stay healthy. From, if he can stay healthy, but when healthy, definite upgrade from Angel Pagan. Yeah, well, they like Pagan. I mean, but he moves to left. You know, uh, the uh, and Pagan's not he he's not healthy all the time either. So yeah, now uh, the big the, thing is Pence. There, he's got to be the one that's going to be healthy. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the grasshopper has to make that team go. Um, now the Dodgers, they got Maeda. The Kente mm-hmm. Maeda sweepstakes goes to the Dodgers, and then on top of that, they land Scott Casimir. Um, are these signings significant enough for the Dodgers to overcome the losses that they've had this offseason? Um, Given their expectations. I don't know that expectations in La La Land can ever be considered serious. True. I mean, uh, the, uh, I think, no, I, I, I'm not... I don't know how they're going to get through a season with everybody, with every starter being left-handed. I, you know, uh, <laughs> the, uh, but I, I still they have the best pitcher in baseball still, so they're always there. You know, they do have the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah. Do you think there's too many cooks in the kitchen though upstairs? Um, Out in L.A., there's they. they I don't know their whole. I mean, they have. I, I read an article where they were uh, the the big trade where they got everybody from Boston, they did this because they knew they were going to be uh, spending several years rebuilding their farm system and that now they have and that they are looking at more of a platoon type of team and that maybe there is too much thought going into this whole process. Uh, the, uh, you know, maybe, but, you know, I, I don't, really understand how all of their pieces go together. Yeah. And as long as Yasiel Puig is still factoring into all of that, right. those pieces are not going to fit perfectly. Um, and lastly, uh, the Braves, um, <laughs> um, so far we actually haven't heard anything from them for a little bit. Maybe we I don't want to. Joey Tardoslovich. We did lose Joey Tardoslovich. Oh, but we signed back Kelly Johnson for a year. Yes, Welcome great. back to Atlanta, Kelly Johnson. Right. He should he should always keep like a, an apartment here. He lives here. Well, there you go. Hey, there you go. That solves that. That's why he came back. Yeah. Both times. Um, but considering that as of today, January 12th, Freddie Freeman is still a brave. Julio Tehran is still a brave. And Nick Marcakis is still a brave. Are they safe until opening day? Oh, no. No. <laughs> Nothing's going to change your opinion of that. I think Freddie is safe till opening day. 
They, I mean, <laughs> they have said too much. Well, you know, Freddie's not for, you know, uh, I don't, you know, there's no reason I should believe any of them, but uh, I do yeah. think, I do think he is. Yeah. I, I'm kind of surprised that Julio's still on the team. You know, I go to a lot of Hawks games, and uh, the Braves clubhouse store at the CNN Center, the clearance aisle is like overflowing <laughs> with T-shirt jerseys. Those racks are about to tip over. So, um, you know, because uh, we're talking the 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 ends of the free agent season here and, and 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 whatnot. Of course, the Braves aren't included in these talks. But when do you think we will be talking about the Braves in the market for big free agents? Is it going to be five years from now? Four years from oh, now. Oh no, no. No. I think I mean we, we 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 ask ourselves this a lot, but reasonably speaking. I think in two years. In two years they'll be they'll be looking for some yeah. free agent help. Yeah. All right. I mean not 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 necessarily big, you know. Yeah. Uh but How know. close are you to selling your house and uh, investing in one of those apartments at the battery? <laughs> uh not anytime not anytime soon. <laughs> All right. So now we enter the winter of our discontent. What is there to look? I mean, we've got spring training pitchers and catchers a month month away. So I, you know, it's just like a slow burn until that, right? Well, we'll have to sit and assess where all the pieces have fallen and um, look at things. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So we'll see. Anything else to to add there, coach? Um, Oh, a happy belated birthday to your son, Justin. Happy birthday, Justin Bounds. Yeah, yeah. Big time supporter of us. Maybe we'll get him on a podcast. We can have a out of bounds with with you and Justin. I'm for it. Okay. All All right. right. Well, we'll wrap it up there. So thank you to everyone, as always, out there in internet land, listening to us uh, on the website, runningthebases.com. Uh, streaming and downloading at soundcloud.com slash running the bases and on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. Leave some comments. Leave some feedback. We'll uh, we'll talk about whatever you want on this show. So, but anyway, so for Coach Bounds, I'm Tucker Wells. This is the Running the Bases podcast. We're coming into home and we're safe. Coach, have a good night. Good night.